0: I hope you'll enjoy this journey with me as we learn from our Native American guests. And stay tuned for the end of each episode where we'll talk about some great ways to support Native causes and or Native-owned businesses. Let's get started. More than a maker, more
1: than an athlete, more than a pastor. I am Choctaw proud.
0: We are the Choctaw nation and together we're more. For many of us who research our ancestors, we're often shocked to find out so much more than what had been told to us about their lives, if we knew anything at all. The following is one such story. I quote, in 1914, a Philadelphia department store tycoon and well-known philanthropist selected three Indian boys from boarding schools across the United States to attend a prestigious Pennsylvania prep school. Little did these boys know that they were part of an experiment, for lack of a better word, that they'd be tested to see if they were as capable as a non-native person. Did these boys even know they were part of an experiment? I'm sitting here today in Purcell, Oklahoma with Choctaw author Carolee Maxwell, who shares with us the story of her grandpa, her papa, who was one of those said boys. But not only that, my own ancestral story intertwines with Carolee's in a random happenstance that I'll share about later. Carolee, welcome to Native Choctaw.
1: Thank you very much. It is so good that I have this opportunity to bring his story forth again. Because uh, since 2007, it has been a wonderful opportunity for my husband and I, who helped, uh, well, was co-author, we Mm -hmm. were co-authors on the book and to bring his story forth to people. So thank you very much. For oh, absolutely. This. So
0: your book, Touched by Greatness, From Indian Territory to the Ivy League, is based on the true story of Charles Watson McGilberry. And you wrote the story along with your husband, correct? That Yes, yes so i'd like to take a moment to honor your husband wayne you and i had started working on the idea of an episode together quite a while back and between that time and now your husband passed away and i really love the love story that was wayne and (laughs) caroline maxwell (laughs) the way you've always spoken about him is really an inspiration of a long and happy marriage so wayne also wrote a book called slim pickens which is the story of a rural oklahoma school and the humbling beginnings of an eight-man football. I love that you're both educators and authors. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the other important man in your life, your papa, as you call him, mm-hmm. a Choctaw mm-hmm. man named Charles Watson McGillberry. Mm-hmm. So on the front cover of the book is a yellow bird. Why so?
1: Well, I was of yellow hair, <laughs> but uh, on my Chickasaw side, I'm from the bird clan and he would just call me his little yellow bird, but uh, he gave me my uh, Indian name, Ittilatna, which means uh, strong like a bodark tree. And of course, the bodark trees are yellow, (laughs) yellow. So uh, uh, I, it it was very, uh, he was always very loving in calling me both names, yellow bird and Ittilatna.
0: Well, and that strength really has carried you through a lot lately. Like oh, it has, yes, yeah. yes it has. For sure. So what was your papa like?
1: Since he was my mentor until I was 17 when he passed away, um, he, was, he was such an, an influence in my life because he taught me how to, <laughs> mm-hmm. He taught me everything. Uh, my brother and I would spend summers with my grandparents, and uh, uh, we I learned everything from him, how to study, how to drive a car. He taught me everything and mainly taught me how to be strong. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, godly man, and uh, but he was also very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And but he was so humbling, with all that he was. That it, it was just, he was a storyteller. He everything was he was my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he he was a strong man, very mm-hmm. strong, to come through what he had in life. Yeah, so, he sounds precious. Mm-hmm,
0: he was. I mentioned earlier that sometimes we learn things about our ancestors that we never knew, and this is certainly the case with your papa. What did you find out about him? <laughs> this is very
1: strange. My daughter and son in law, uh, and I will tell you this, even the stories before that later, but in 2006, I think, is when my daughter and uh, son-in-law traveled to DC. They had always heard me tell of, my grandfather did speak of his being educated Mm -hmm. in the Ivy League in the East. Uh, And he would talk about that, uh, only that part of it that he had been educated at the Mercesburg Academy in the East. So my daughter had heard of Mm Mercersburg. And when they were traveling to D.C., they uh, came across uh, the sign that said Mercersburg, to Mercersburg. So they went up there to discover that the academy was still in existence. This preparatory academy. And she called me on campus and said, Mom, did you Versesburg is still the academy is still in existence, and they still have a lot uh-huh. of students there, and I'm on the campus, and uh, and so, so this generated the desire for me to call the uh, headmaster yeah. at the academy, and uh, I was able to tell him that my Papa attended there in 1914, and uh, if for any reason that they would still maintain their records for that time. And he said, I don't know, let me get with the historian and the archivist.
0: Mm Oh well, I mean, what were you thinking at that time? Were you just I know probably oh, on the edge of your seat, yes, like call yes, me back, hurry.
1: Yes, yes. Well, he did in <laughs> two <laughs> days' time.
0: Oh my gosh! In
1: two days' time, he called me back wow. and he said, "Carolee, are you planning on coming here?" And I said, "I would love to."
0: Like well, let me uh, yes, up on the plane yes, tomorrow. Yes. And he said, <laughs> "Well,
1: we have discovered something." that the academy, it's history-making. Hmm. And yes, indeed, we did find your grandfather's files.
0: What did you Did you start buying? what did I, what did I do? Just, oh,
1: and he said, but here's the thing, we would like to meet you because there actually, you would want to know all of this yourself and it'd be in person that, yes and yes yeah and uh and I said well as soon as we can well within a month we were there my husband and I uh and then, so <laughs> I
0: don't know if I could wait a month <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> so we, we had jobs
1: and we had to you know yeah that school. whole thing yes <laughs> the yes, jobs thing yes yeah so, uh, oh.
0: And he was such a big part of your world. How did he never talk about this to
1: you? Well, I'll go back to the, uh, (laughs) this is, uh, he was an experiment and it's in his folder. And we never knew, he never knew it. The family never knew it. Right. He and uh, two two other Indian boys were uh, selected from uh, boarding schools all over the United States. And uh, there was a philanthropist from uh, New York Mm -hmm. that had a heart for the Indian, but he had graduated from Mercersburg Academy himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had uh, attended uh, I think Princeton as well, this philanthropist. Yeah. And uh, he uh, wanted to uh, see if the Indian could be educated in the Ivy League. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he picked three Indian boys, but he never told them that they were going to be an experiment to see if they could be educated in the Ivy League.
0: Interesting, <laughs> and probably no one really knew up until you started doing no, your research, right? No,
1: the academy didn't hmm. uh, uh, realize the academy didn't even know, uh, no, wow. that, and because his folder hadn't been opened oh. since 1917. Wow, and, and the irony in all of this is that there were a lot of student folders that had been burned up in a fire in a building the fires the it, fires get all it, it, of yes. our ancestral records yes. I swear <laughs> yes but his hadn't been and they found his
0: I feel like this was divine intervention it was it was oh,
1: and I uh, that's what Wayne and I really felt so uh but here's the thing he never knew that he was an experiment he just thought it was a scholarship mm-hmm. uh, to attend. And uh, it was a three-year preparatory school to Harvard, Yale, and Princeton. And uh, it was all elitist mm-hmm. presidents, children, and the very elitist that attended this academy.
0: Very far cry from, from the boy, my boy my friend, from southeastern Oklahoma that right.
1: was in Chilocco Indian boarding school mm-hmm. when he was accepted.
0: Mercersburg Academy looks so grand and gothic, Mm -hmm. uh, like those typical elite northeastern schools. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad you got to see it in Mm -hmm. person. Um, So you went to the school, and what did it feel like to know that your papa walked those same exact grounds?
1: Oh, my. The
0: first experience
1: was overwhelming. Uh, I could feel it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Feel his presence there, uh, yeah,
1: and that his story has been revealed. Wow, his story has come to life. But what was so awesome in all of it? The headmaster had his folder and all ready for me, and and all, and and he told us when we went in. He said, "Now." I want you to know what we have discovered is this academy will be forever grateful to your grandfather. Oh,
0: so much there. Oh my goodness. uh,
1: But he said, I want you to uh, be able to look at his folder and all that's in his folder, and then you will see. And he took us down stairs from the administration building into a little glassed area, and there before me was a 1914 to 1917 file of my papa's, and when my husband and I sat down, we literally just grabbed hands, and oh, and, and the uh, tissues, <laughs> well, well, this is another thing, the headmaster brought in a box of tissue and said, you're going to need this.
0: That gives me goosebumps, yes, y'all. It is the Your book says, as we gingerly opened the file, Wayne and I discovered the contents that unfolded part of an American history that had been hidden from our ancestors, our government, our tribes, and even my precious Papa. I can't even imagine that moment. And I'm glad you got to see the records, but you weren't allowed to make copies. Why is that? Uh, because that protects... During that time,
1: what the headmaster, his uh, children, and all that there wouldn't be any lawsuits against uh, the family, you know, that have been passed on Mm -hmm. and all, because uh, the headmaster was very strong about him being a failure Mm -hmm. to the Indian race because he didn't go under Princeton. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was in the file. That's interesting. Uh,
0: yeah. A lot of famous folks had gone to Mercersburg, such as Calvin Coolidge Jr., son of the president, 28 Olympians, nine gold medalists, <clears throat> seven Rhodes scholars, political figures, renowned scientists and doctors, war heroes, billionaire businessmen, and famous actors, and your papa. Of so let's delve in and learn about your papa, Charles, born to Abel and Kitty McGilberry. When was he born and where did he grow up?
1: He was uh, Sandboys Town, is where he grew up, and uh, he was born in 1893, in April of
0: 1893. Okay, yeah. And uh, actually, Kitty, his mother, was a McCurtain, right? Yes, she was the daughter to Chief Edmund McCurtain. Okay. And famous name amongst the Choctaws. Choctaws, (laughs) yes,
1: yes. Oh, the.
0: They're back, the crows! <laughs> Do you need to go get them real quick? Yes. If you want Maybe. to, you can. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, you're fine. So we're taking a break because Carol Lee saw crows outside and she didn't want them bothering her beautiful other birds that come around like the doves. So she's out there uh, taking care of the crows. Okay. So what happened to Kitty when Abel was just two years old? uh she had passed
1: away of some unknown disease and, oh. and uh, uh, i don't know what it was yeah. but uh he was left with his father
0: mm. and that's got to be hard i mean so tell yes. us what happened to the kids cuz how many kids did they have at that point well
1: he had stepped uh brothers and sisters mm. cooper from the cooper family okay and, yeah uh, uh They uh, were close. They were close and remained close through all the years.
0: Big news, y'all. One of my favorite Choctaw authors, Sarah Elizabeth Sawyer, has a new writing course called Fiction Writing American Indians. This course is going to show you how to discover the insight you need to write quality, authentic stories, learn practical approaches to researching Native cultures, and get answers to hard questions. I'll be taking the same course, so I invite you to take it with me. Just go to AmericanIndians.FictionCourses.com, but don't forget to use the code CHOCTALK, C-H-O-C-T-A-L okay when you're checking out so you can get $30 off yep you're welcome learning stuff and saving money let's do this now here's where the ironic part comes into my meeting carol lee my great 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 grandfather joe coley and his daughter rosa which is my great great grandmother they were the reason that carol lee's great grandfather abel who is charles's dad went to prison So what? Plot twist. (laughs) So Rosa, again, my (laughs) great-great-grandmother, she was the first of many kids born to Joe and Sophie Coley, and they also had a farm in San Boys. Um, and Rosa married a man named J.D. Brake, and he was some sort of deputy, U.S. Marshal type of thing, and he would get drunk and beat his wife, Rosa. So it was a bad situation. So her father, Joe, and her brother, Edmund, who was the school teacher in the community, forced her to move back home. So one night at a church camp meeting with the Choctaws, there someone came running up and was saying that the Coley house was on fire. Assuming it was Rosa's ex-husband, J.B. Drake, they went to his house. J.B. was drunk and asleep on the porch and Joe um, and his son Edmund shot and killed him. So the story is a little fuzzy from here because the account in the book is a little bit different than what the newspapers say. Newspapers don't always get it right of course but I'm going to go ahead and read from the book about what happened next. So this is page 52 in the book. The Sandboys Mountains, Winding Star Mountain, and the Kaimichi Mountains are all part of the Wichita Mountain Range in eastern Oklahoma. All became uh, virtual havens for the outlaws to take refuge when the law was hot and heavy on their trail. The U.S. Marshals out of Fort Smith were the closest law and several days ride by horseback from Indian territory. The civilized tribes had their own tribunals and punished those crimes committed by their own kind. Many times the law was vigilante groups or individuals who sought re- revenge by whatever method was at hand. Such was the case of a lynch mob and an unfortunate soul that ended up at the end of a rope on Abel McGillberry's Sandboys Land. What actual crime the victim committed to deserve a hanging is unknown, but we do know that he was a white man. So again this is JB Drake. Abel and two relatives, Isaac King and Norris Cooper, were gathering corn from Abel's fields and piling it in his corn crib. When an acquaintance, Joe Coley, came walking briskly, almost running across the field, he began telling them in his Choctaw language how he and two other fellows had just caught up with a thief and had hung the man down in the woods next to the river. The other man who had been with him had fled and he asked Abel and the others to come help him get the dead man down from the tree. Abel and his cousins went to help and continued to accompany Joe Coley to the trading post with the hanged man slung over one of Abel's mules. The men thought they were doing the right thing, but somehow the sight of Indians carting a dead man, Indian or white into the only civilization for miles around frightened people. And the U S marshals were eventually notified. So very interesting that we have this connection. My, grandparents and her grandparents
1: (laughs) this is awesome all these
0: years by the way Carolee just found this out today so Uh, it's kind of fun to get to talk about uh, this yes yeah
1: yes how history opens up like this it's
0: powerful it is
1: (laughs) it is because we've always known that never known uh, and he, my great great grandfather, serving in prison. We just knew that he was innocent. He
0: was innocent. He was an innocent bystander. And you know, and this,
1: is, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, <laughs> see I what just love it. writing books. Well bring forth oh yeah and
0: i was so glad that you wrote this book because i got to see another sign of the story and and get to understand the mcgillberries so much yes, better yes, after that so yes. wow oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're both having like <laughs> yes, moments yes, over here yes yes indeed
1: <laughs> so see um, people
0: put yourself out there write those stories tell yes. those stories you never know what connections you're gonna yes. make and i feel so bad for your family that he um, went through that yes. and, and it,
1: And and of course, I always have always felt just like my papa always told me that all Mm -hmm. things, it is what God the the things that come about that opens up doors that of knowledge more knowledge, it's of God and I just I just feel like even still (laughs) how God's opening up more knowledge of and this is great. The story I, is
0: not over i have a feeling we're going to find more <laughs> yes, and more information yes. yeah so i feel like we're connected in this yes really strange and kind of sad way really yes uh, but i'm glad it that is
1: but but yet uh it it happens in yeah. life and and uh
0: uh we just have to get stronger from it that's true that's true and so. i'm glad that abel was able to go you know he will tell him a little bit yes. he does get out of prison at some point yes, yes. thankfully and Joe Coley and his son died in prison because the I guess the environment there wasn't healthy and a lot of people died yeah, that's in prison. what
1: so, Abel wow uh told my papa really uh, Oh my you goodness. know about the uh, treatment and all there at Leavenworth
0: so sad
1: yes it is oh my goodness <laughs>
0: Wow, well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, yes. moving
0: on, the story yes. will continue to unfold, and we'll keep yes. you guys updated if we find out <laughs> anything <laughs> else. <so. Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the book says that by 1891 all indian children were required by the federal government to be educated the choctaw tribe as many of the other tribes however had already established its own schools one was jones academy by the way i've done an episode at jones academy which is in hartshorn oklahoma with the superintendent patrick moore so listeners feel free to go check out that episode as well so charlie attends jones academy And at the age of 16, Charlie graduates with honors from Jones Academy and was accepted to Shiloko Indian Agricultural High School. And what happened to his father, Abel, who was in prison?
1: Well, my grandfather's uh, uncle, uh, Green Chief, Mm -hmm. well, he wasn't chief at that time, but Green McCartan was an attorney. Okay. And uh, he news that uh, Abel was uh, innocent. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know exactly the, all of that. Yeah. Uh, who did what? Who did and, uh, what? Uh, yes, and uh, what all that. Strings but uh, uh, he helped Abel mm-hmm. to be released from prison after eight years or not. Uh, Thank goodness. Yes, yes. And. Yeah. Uh, uh, when he came back to Sand Boys, he uh, continued his working on the farm, and uh, uh, had remarried. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, by that time, uh, my grandfather had become an adult, and uh, yeah. and had continued his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the it was a uh, time that. Uh, Well, my grandfather, Papa, went through so much uh, adversity even Mm -hmm. with uh, growing up, basically raising himself and Mm -hmm. then uh, going through boarding schools and all, but he always—and there was so much sadness about boarding schools back then as well, but Papa took advantage of being educated. Ah, he right. loved. He loved the thought of being educated, and and uh, uh, that he had to do that in order to educate other Indian children.
0: Yeah. So what a and it sounds like you come from a long line yes, of educators yes, on many sides, yes. which is well, great. four
1: generations on my uh, maternal side. Yeah. Both husbands and wives were educators
0: that's amazing yes, <laughs> thank yes. you to the, to the educators out <laughs> yes, there so yes. on may 4th 1910 Abel was paroled from Leavenworth prison thanks to those who helped him become be released so listeners there's a lot of info in here about Jones Academy and Shiloko that I'm skipping over here for time but it's definitely worth the read so go read those details very interesting One of Charlie's train rides to stay at Shiloko, he saw two girls that kept staring back at him and his cousin, Sydney. In school, Mm -hmm. males and females were kept separate, but if they earned merits, they could go to social events such as ball games or chaperone trips to Arkansas City, Kansas, or Arkansas. Arkansas had automobiles, electric trolleys, hotels, restaurants, and country clubs, and a thriving economy with the discovery of oil, and agriculture was at an all-time high. There, Charlie saw the pretty girl he had seen on the train, and they introduced themselves. Her name was Vivian Hughes from Tishomingo. He carried her books home after the library closed at 8 p.m. So cute. And Mm -hmm. so their love story begins. Tell us about Vivian.
1: (laughs) She was a very strong uh, little woman, a (laughs) chickasaw woman. Uh, She helped my... uh, great-grandmother her mother to uh, raise uh, her siblings Uh and my grandmother was the oldest of ten and and my great-grandfather was never around too much he was a uh, white man Uh and uh, but being raised on Blue River down north of Tishomingo that was their allotted land and even the children received their allotments on both sides mm-hmm. of the river mm-hmm. that the state still has. But she was a very strong little woman and had to be, uh, but uh, she also had the same visions as my papa, is educating. Wow. She always knew yes. she wanted to be an educator yes.
0: too? Yes. Wow. Now you, I think it's really interesting to side note, Vivian's mother, was left to care for all those kids because he was an inventor of sorts, right? The dad was? Uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) And he was
1: always inventing things, and he would go off, and he would even go to D.C.
0: Wow. (laughs) Uh, Even then,
1: to travel there to try to sell uh, uh, his inventions.
0: Did he ever make it big? No. No. (laughs) Oh <laughs> no, all that being away from his that, family for yes, nothing that's yes, so sad yes, it is it is he sad. was a visionary yes he was and uh, uh he
1: was uh, he was a very colorful
0: <laughs> man. very colorful yes, man yes well the uh, book says the family never knew when Britt would be coming down the road or how he might be gone three hours six months Or a year year. at a time. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And then suddenly show up riding a mule or driving a fancy buggy and horse or an automobile, an automobile. Um, Uh, The only thing accepted, the only thing accepted of his visits was that Mamie would be expecting a baby before he left. (laughs) His absence caused enormous hardship on Mamie. This left her to do all the chores, raising children and farming. I feel so bad for Mamie. Oh,
1: she was a precious. She was uh my... Little Angel, uh, Granny, as we would <laughs> call her, uh, Mamie uh, Cravat Hughes. Okay. She was from the Cravat huh. uh, Chickasaw side, and, uh, uh, but she was a precious little angel. She was only four foot eight. Oh, she was little. <laughs> she was little, <laughs> and uh,
0: a fine oh, woman. Uh, wow. Well, there were tall tales about your great-grandpa, Britt Hughes, the inventor. Some say he was a relative of Howard Hughes, and they had some similarities, right? Like, both inventors from Texas. Um, did he ever confirm or deny those rumors about Howard Hughes? No.
1: Okay. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, we saw that we had heard, so it yeah. wasn't. That's
0: interesting. (laughs) So, at Shalako, there was an essay contest for Indian school students all over the U.S. The subject being, why the Indian student should receive as good an education as any other student. Charlie entered and wrote about how having a good education would help him help his people, which would make for a better America. Charlie won second place and a certificate worth $5, which led to other things as well, right? Yes, and in fact, uh,
1: this was beginning because this was uh, an essay that uh, uh, the uh, philanthropist Rodman Uh. Wanamaker had asked Uh. the students, sending to the boarding schools, and this is how that it was discovered Mm. who would be a, a candidate. go to Mercersburg. So
0: that really like gave him some spotlight that led to big things.
1: But he didn't realize that, that they were, that's what he was writing for. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow.
0: So it sounds like all expenses would be paid. Mr. Allen told Charlie his name was being submitted to the, for the application. And it took a while, but a reply came from Mercersburg saying, Dear Mr. Allen, our selection committee has met and made its recommendation from the numerous outstanding applications we received. If Charles McGilberry remains interested in attending Mercersburg Academy, we are happy to inform you that he is among the three Indian boys chosen to do so. His expenses will be completely met by Mr. Rodman Wanamaker during this time here, and we will be providing you with all the details regarding enrollment dates, travel, clothing issues, and all other necessities prior to and upon his arrival. This letter was signed by Dr. William M. Irving, Headmaster. Remember that name? So what was Charlie's response to this, and how did Vivian feel about it?
1: Well, I correspond with grandmother. grandmother, uh, always felt that there would be uh, marriage mm. after they graduated <laughs> from Chilocco and they were planning to uh, attend East Central and, uh, out of Ada okay. college but since uh, my papa was wanting so bad to be educated uh, even more so Mm-hmm. And he wanted to take the opportunity, and he convinced her that he would, he was, <laughs> mm-hmm. that that's what he would love to do, and that they would marry after he attended the preparatory school. Yeah. Because he really wasn't aware that there's a possibility of him going on to the. Oh, oh
0: wow,
1: right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, that's how that. Uh, that he convinced her that that was more important at this time for him to be educated. Agreed. So. And and then how
0: far apart in age were they, Vivian and Charlie? Well, she was born in 1896, so okay. three years. Three years, okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, that can make a difference when yes. you're that young. And, so. and
1: that was one thing he said, you will have to graduate from Shilako anyway, and, yeah. and uh, okay. that would be time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Three years. Yes.
0: So graduation took place on May seventeenth, 1914, on the same football field where Charlie played football and Vivian would watch. Charlie gave a senior oration on the benefits of agriculture education to the American Indian. Did his father get to attend the graduation? No. Oh, no. was it too far away or he just couldn't get there for some reason? No,
1: uh, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't, uh, because they would uh, correspond back and forth. Uh, hmm. but I no, he he said he never yeah attended the
0: I know some people were just kind of in their mm-hmm. communities and mm-hmm. they just didn't mm-hmm. leave very often that's right it. they yeah. found more comfort especially the indian yeah oh totally mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. so the time came for charlie to leave everything he knew and travel to mercersburg pennsylvania to start his continued education and man oh man what a culture shock he wasn't exactly greeted with open arms but with that We'll close part one and listeners stay tuned because you definitely don't want to miss part two as we continue to cover the book Touched by Greatness by Carolee Maxwell. Thanks for listening to Native Chalk Talk. Be sure to join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Simply search for Native Chalk Talk. That's Native C-H-O-C-T-A-L-K and check us out at nativechalktalk.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to love it. Yakoki, thank you, my friends.